Welcome to the Recovery Hour podcast, where we choose to recover out loud by sharing our personal stories of inspiration, hope, and triumph. Together, we can end the stigma and shame typically tied to mental illness and the disease of addiction. We are proof that recovery does happen. Joy and laughter may be involved. This is the Recovery Hour with Lori Winfeld. Welcome, listeners, to the Recovery Hour. I am your host, Lori Winfeld, and I'm here with a superstar. Superstar, you know how I roll. Chantel Ogden is an award-winning Americana songwriter and an artist based in Nashville, one of my fave cities. She also writes music for film and TV. And with a heart for recovery, she will be releasing an album of songs about recovery this month, February, called One Step Closer. She looks forward to getting now all her new friends in the community, and she doesn't sing One Step Closer like that. That was just my take on it. Hello. Welcome, Chantel. Hello, Miss Lori. How are you? I am wonderful. I am so geeked up. I seriously feel like I'm fangirling a little bit because I <laughs> love everything that you're doing and your voice. Tell us a little bit about your type of music and then what's going on with this new album, and then we'll get into some stories. Cool. Yeah, so I... I primarily write Americana music. And for your listeners, that's basically like, I call it the singer-songwriter genre. So as everybody who listens to country music knows, it's become very like pop-centric. Americana music is more roots-influenced, folk-influenced, more traditional country, more storytelling than you hear on a lot of current country radio. I was thinking before we started this interview, like how exciting, first of all, that women are just like right through country music right now. So exciting. And I love that it's all about. However, we very much kind of compartmentalize country music as being the dude with the cowboy hat and the boots and the Chevy or the Ford, broken heart, dog, alcohol. Although I I do love, okay, so just so you know, I'm a big fan of Old Dominion and it was before they, I know they're like poppy and, and country and not, you know, George Strait, but I listened to them before they were big. They were at a small party that they were hired for years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm totally diverting. I'm sorry, Sh- Chantel. No, 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 just go with it. I am like- I want to hear the end of the story. Come it's on. such a long story, but it's- it, the, I was in the midst of my alcoholism. It was very clear. It could have been actually quite likely the year that I stopped drinking, but it was the summer and they were playing a private party in our town. And my husband was so excited. So, I mean, like their first song had just come out. Like we were listening to it on the radio as we were driving to this party. And I drank so much before they even started. I like, we have to go, we have to go. And he's like, I'm not leaving. So then I wound up actually in a ditch, like not, not like a metaphorical ditch, like a full on fine. I'm just going to go sit by the truck because God forbid he gave me the keys. Thank the Lord in heaven that he didn't give me the keys. And I I went and there's like this ravine right by where we parked. And I thought, I'll just sit here for a while until he realized I'm missing from the crowd. And I legit sat in a fucking ditch while Old Dominion was with maybe a hundred people, like literally across the fence from me. Like what an asshole, but it is what it is. And I love that um, we have grown from there. We are still together and we have seen them live a million times now. And um, I'm a little bit of a groupie. Okay. 
that's my story. On well, so this, so this brings up a good point, which is that a lot of country music celebrates um, alcohol. And for me personally, that has never been um, something that I felt comfortable with for a lot of reasons. And I have been, so in Nashville, we do a lot of co-writing with people. So um, you'll sit down with artists and, and you'll talk about what they want to write. And if, if the, if what comes up is a party song, like I want to write a party song, my answer is always like, I'm not your girl (laughs) because it's just doesn't, it doesn't ring true to me personally, because as an artist for me, and as a songwriter, I think it's important to be authentic about what you see in the world. And I have seen way more the dark side, the downside, the addiction, the result of the party lifestyle than I ever of the wow, this is amazing lifestyle that is portrayed in country music and um and in, and is portrayed in society at large right and so for me i just feel like what makes me different than any songwriter is what i see in the world and that is the only thing that makes me different because there's so many amazing, creative, talented people in so many different areas, right? And you have to bring who you are to your art. And just like you bring who you are to your podcast, right? This is, this is your podcast for a reason. And these are stories that are real to you. These are guests that resonate with you. This is an experience that resonates with you. And the more authentic that you can be and I can be, the more universal it becomes, right? Yes. And that is the beautiful thing about it. I remember the first time I performed, which was, gosh, about 20 some odd years ago in a little town called Dahlonega, Georgia. I had just started playing out. I was really nervous. I had, you know, kind of been writing songs in my closet and never really feeling like I could share them. And I came to a place where I I started to make those little steps, right? And um, I remember I was playing this open mic thing and I played this really emotionally vulnerable song. And I remember this woman came up to me afterwards and said that she really connected with it. And I said, well, it feels like I'm sharing kind of my diary. And she said, I think that your diary is our diary. And I've always remembered that because it's like, it's exactly like this show, right? I've listened to some amazing guests you've had talk about their stories and I hear myself in them in different ways. Amazing. Yes. And it's so true. And as soon as you said that, I felt it. I was like, yes, it's like our diaries. It so is. And I think that's so, that's, what is amazing about having a purposeful intent in and in knowing that you you're seeking a specific audience and not just trying to make music for the masses. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Similar to podcasting, you know, there's a very specific group that we're looking for. And for me, it's vulnerability. I can't even tell you when I'm in real world, real life outside of support groups, I don't know how to function anymore because people are always tiptoeing around each other or not being vulnerable. <laughs> Um, now I feel like I have to admit I called Chantel Chantel earlier. So now it's like it's out there and I, I'm not going to hold that back. Okay. 
<laughs> I have a shitty memory with names and I can't remember them, but, uh, you know, she's Chantel and I call her Chantel. I'm an ass. Um, but yes, vulnerable, the diary situation. It's obvious that recovery is so important to you. And what I find interesting is that you haven't been addicted to any type of substance. You yourself have seen or been part of a family or relationship that experienced the other side. Can you talk to us a little bit about what those experiences have been? Yeah. So that's a great question. And there's a lot of layers to it. One thing that I think, one thing that I'll say is that as, as you say on your show, you know, everyone's recovering from something. And I think that that's really true. And I, I certainly am no stranger to my own set of issues when it comes to relationships, especially, um, I found myself in some really unhealthy places. So in my family on both sides, my dad's and my mom's side, there's been a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol addictions. And I was at, one of my cousin's funerals, and I say one of because there were several that that either did had a drug overdose or um, abused alcohol to the point that they they just ruined their bodies, and um, you know they would die from from different things. But anyway, I was at one of my one of my cousin's funerals, and my my grandpa said to me because um, this was one of his grandsons, right? My grandpa said to me. Well, you know, um, there's really nothing so bad that something good can't come from it. And what he meant by that was not the passing of my cousin, but it was the fact that there were other members in the family that were struggling with addiction. And it was his hope that they would see this and see it as a voice of warning. And it's no small thing, right? It's we lose millions of people to addiction every year. You talked earlier about vulnerability. I think a lot of people are, are they're day drinkers. They're, they're closet drinkers. They, you know, in my family, it was a big thing to be sort of like a functional alcoholic where you, you still got up and you went to work, but then you came home and you drank until you passed out at night. Everybody knew it, but no one said anything and no one talked about it. It was impactful for me growing up and seeing people on this path and the struggling and, and watching that unfold was just really, it was something that really opened my eyes. And, you know, I don't think like there was a specific moment that I thought, oh, I'm going to do an album about addiction recovery. But what there was, was me being honest about what I see in the world. And I realized I started writing these songs that were about addiction topics. Right. So it's, and it's not always like a, an alcohol song or a drug song. Sometimes it's just a song about battling your inner demons. Right. Which I think everybody can understand. And so I think addiction has touched every family in some way, shape or form has touched every person. and it is a way for me to share some honest stories that I think resonate with people about their struggles and about the demons that we face and, and hopefully provide them a feeling that they're not alone. Right. And that they are worth it. I think we all need to know that we're worth it. 
Oh my gosh, 100%. I love that. Yes, we're worth it. And and some of us get to a place where what is it, right? You're worth it. What is it? Well, sometimes it's freaking life, right? You're worth living. You're worth having a soul. You're worth the next step and whatever that's going to be. I can't help but ask you after your cousin's funeral and your grandfather's discussion and saying that um, he was hoping that this would be a voice of warning. If you feel that it was, do you feel that your family listened or you said there were multiple people? Yeah. So there were, you know, it was, it was a few years later, we were at another funeral, you know, and that was something that, you know, I told, I told my mom, I'm really close to my mom. And I just said, you know, when COVID happened and all of these the isolation, all of the triggering things for people in general with their struggles inside, right? So you had financial stress and social trauma and isolation. And I started seeing more and more headlines about increases in addiction, increases in suicide, increases in all of these terrible things. And I said to my mom, I said, you know, I've in the back of my mind, I've, I've had these songs that I started writing like 15 years ago. And I said, I really want to do a theme-based record around stories to recover by. And she said, you know, I think you need to tell people that the people that you know who are addicts are all in the cemetery. And when I thought about that, in my family, that's been the truth. Wow. That's so powerful. How did you get to a place, you have mentioned that you are not someone in recovery from addiction. Is that something you have purposefully put into motion or do you believe that, I mean, what are your thoughts on why you aren't one of your other family members? Um, I think part of it is that I did see, I saw the, the, the dark side of it. And I knew that that was a big problem in my family. I think a lot of it is my faith, my belief in God and that faith system for me provided some guidance for a path to try to walk by, I guess you could say, you know, I, I did, I did experiment like everybody does in high school. And I just, you know, for me, it just, there were too many downsides to it that I had seen and that my had happened in my family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody knew that sort of like both sides of the family had this gene, right. That sort of drove that addiction. So for me, it just, it was a decision that I made. And, you know, I guess I, I guess I'm lucky in a way, but I do think, you know, one thing that that songwriters have in common with addicts, if you, if you had to draw this comparison is that you have to get really honest about who you are and, and where you are in order to write songs that really resonate with people. That's one of the reasons that I appreciate engaging with the recovery community, because these people, these amazing people are fighting real battles and they're not trying to pretend that there's something that they're not. Right. I mean, like the skin is shed and you on the show, like you, you bring in these people who, you know, they'll, they'll tell their story and you can tell that they're not worried about being judged. They they've come into terms with who they are mm-hmm. as a person. And I, one of the songs on the record 
actually talks about this. It's a song called Meet Yourself. Mm. And it's based on an old Indian legend about, you know, this, this old warrior was talking to a young warrior about the journey of life. And he said to the young warrior, the longest distance that you'll travel is the distance between your heart and your head. And to me, that is so true for everybody that walks on this planet. I love how your eyes just got really big. I wish your <laughs> listeners could see this. You're like, your eyes got massive. I'm really working on not expressing myself vocally because I always wind up having these gasps over the <laughs> voice of the guests and you can't hear their truth bombs, but that just blew my mind. I love it. Yes. So I think that that's, I mean, and so much of the journey of recovery and just becoming a whole person emotionally and physically and psychologically, you know, one of your guests talked a lot about, you've had guests that have talked a lot about trauma, Mm -hmm. right. And uncovering that trauma and that often alcohol is a symptom of covered up childhood trauma. I think there's a million ways to cover that up. And I think people, they do it in a lot of different ways, but that's something that I appreciate about the recovery community is there's a authenticity and there's a vulnerability and there's a realness there that, you know, you talked at the beginning of the episode, you don't feel comfortable talking to regular people. I've never felt comfortable talking to regular people <laughs> because regular people don't say, how are you? And mean it. I mean it. Yes. I've gotten to a habit where I don't even ask people how they are because if I'm cranky and I I don't want to know, if I see somebody and they're like, hey, I'll say good morning and move on. Like, I'm not going to ask you because I know that I don't give a shit. Right. Well, and I mean, I think there's like a surface level that people are operating on. Right. And people in the recovery community, they're about going deep. And that is something that I feel like I understand because I've done the work in therapy and gone through my own levels of trauma to try to get that whole. Mm, so amazing. And that will definitely, you'll hear as listeners, you'll see how that translates into Chantel's music, which guess what? We're going to have like, I'm going to make her play. She's got her guitar next to her. So, you know, it. <laughs> imagine that. Is it still in tune? That's the question. Let's see. Okay. Yes, it is. is. So this song is called When the Highway Calls, High Spaceway. And um, it is on the new album. And I wrote it with a friend of mine who, that's another thing I should say, a lot of the people that I've written these songs with have had personal journeys of recovery. Mm-hmm. That brings another element to the story, right? Is yeah. As we talked about these characters And songwriters are storytellers. That's what we do. This is one of the songs that I wrote with my friend Bill, and I hope y'all like it. From the time you're a kid, there's a trigger inside. It's gonna go off. It's just a matter of time. Till you and your vices take center stage In or out of the spotlight, there's no escape Dirty or clean, drunk or sober You're off to the races over 
and over Chip an inch off a rock bottom Every time you fall Yeah, the low road is waiting When the highway calls <laughs> If I was in a bar, that's what I would do <laughs> <laughs> That's my fancy, like, I loved it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have always been so attached, even since a child. Like, I actually went through some boxes that were at my mom's house recently and found pages and pages of what I called poems. And a lot of it had to do with love. But it was really interesting that I have always been oddly connected to lyrics of songs. You know, often people can go through and really jive with the music or sing along, sort of like we just talked about with personalities where you're just living through this surface level. But if you really sit down and allow yourself to listen to a song and to actually either read the lyric or listen to the lyrics, oh my gosh. And what you just did is a story for so many. So many people have gone through, sat by, supported, going through now. I'm so excited to be a part of the beginning of this by getting the word out because you are releasing this album soon to the public. Now, when can they, when can they all get this? Like what's, what's so the they scoop? can actually get it. So they can order it, pre-order it now on iTunes and Amazon. Um, but it officially drops on the 19th of February and because the real goal for this whole project is just to get it into the hearts and the homes as as many people as possible. So this is not about making money for me. This is not about anything to do with me. It's about getting the songs out there. And because of that, I'm donating hundreds of songs to recovery or hundreds of albums to recovery programs. I'm going to be doing some concerts for recovery programs, including an online benefit concert for an organization called Sober Sisters. Ooh. They have about 70,000 Facebook community members, and we're going to do um, a benefit concert for them to develop a 5013C nonprofit so they can help more women with recovery programs. And I'm super excited about that. And just, you know, I feel like I just have such a strong feeling that these, these songs will, will touch hearts and support people in their journey. And, you know, I have a friend who's in the UK and he recently lost his wife and, um, you know, these songs, while some of them are specifically about addiction, many of them are just general topics that everyone will relate to, you know, regardless of their journey, because they're just about life. You know, there's a song at the end of the record called Hand Up, and it's just about lifting each other and being a community and having people that care about you that can be there when you have a bad day. And I think mm -hmm. having a good friend even if you only have one good friend, that can make a huge difference in your life. Absolutely. It does. Having someone you can trust. Yeah. In absolutely. just all of that blah that you have to get out in order to move on. 
When yeah. we, you talked earlier about trauma, it couldn't, I couldn't help but think again how some people haven't gotten to the place where they recognize. I always call it, I say I always call it like I coined it. <laughs> Somebody else created this and they're brilliant, I'm sure. And I don't remember who it was, but you have issues in your tissues, right? Like I have had chronic pain for quite some time. And I know that my mother, who is an alcoholic um, in active addiction, is constantly in pain and constantly her body hurts. And just listening to so much in the community of recovery and how the past creates some of these current issues is wild to me. And while I was in active addiction with alcohol, I would consider these conversations we're having now woo-woo and foo-foo and like, what are you talking about? Like, why would you even talk to me about being authentic? What do you mean? I'm so real. That's just one of the things I love about this community. And I'm so happy that you are part of that and helping others by giving us a way to really celebrate and explore other people's ideas. The lyrics, like I said, that is always just such, it's, it's like you said, it's like a diary, you know, it's like somebody else's diary, but you feel like it was written for you. Yeah. And I think everybody's had that experience of driving down the road and you hear a song on the radio and you're like, oh my gosh, that's my life, right? Like the best songs are not about you or me. They're about all of us. And I think the human experience is just, there's so many things that we don't, there's so many ways that we're connected. Mm -hmm. um, so there's an interesting, if you're interested in kind of the trauma tissue idea, there is a, um, a psychologist that I follow named Dr. Richard Himmer. And he talks a lot about this concept that we basically in utero, when we're growing inside, we're actually taking on not only physical characteristics, but we're taking on the emotions of what's happening in our mother's life. And it is fascinating. So there's a movie called In Utero that explores this, but um, Dr. Hammer's done, he talks a lot about this and that idea that we're sort of we, we bring these traumas with us, right? We're, we're actually born with traumas. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, the beginning of that song that I sang, you know, from the time you're a kid, there's a trigger inside. It's going to go off. It's just a matter of time. Like we are all loaded guns when it comes to trauma. When oh my gosh. World. And those triggers are going to happen at some point, like, and we don't always realize it. We don't always know when it's happening or how it's going to happen. That's one of the reasons, and he talks, he, he's more eloquent than I am about this, but he talks about how, I mean, that's one of the reasons for multi-generational addiction, because you're, you're essentially, you're bringing that with you in your tissue as, as a... <laughs> As a, as a newborn, right? Like that's what you're coming into the world with those dynamics. This immediately made me relate in a sense that I have now uncovered this a few years ago, but let me tell you, I've lived with it is I remember vividly in my early twenties, vividly watching a television show with my roommates at the time. And there was an advertisement for the upcoming fight, which was a boxing match. And I just remember my male 
roommate, super geeked up about it. And, you know, his girlfriend could care less. And I just sat there and was like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I'll watch it with you. And I immediately, as soon as the fight started, I literally felt every swing that was coming in the sense of fear, like, oh my God, I'm going to get a hit by that. Or when a punch landed on the other person, I felt like I had just been punched. And I'm like, what is happening? I mean, I was truly like, it was like I was in that television, in that ring there in real life. And years pass, obviously, as I continued to just sort of like, whoa, what was that? That was weird. Similar things happened. Like, you know, people get into that MM, whatever that martial arts stuff, and they're like yeah. fighting. Same thing. I'm just like, I feel I feel like it, it it's just the most bizarre thing that overcomes me. And I have had lots of therapy and I recognize and and this Dr. Richard Himmer probably would think that I'm a perfect example and I need to check on it. But my mother was abused. Like my father beat the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. when we were young and likely when she was pregnant with us. And while that has been a topic of discussion under the carpet for under the rug for a long time, you know, but she drops those bombs here and there. And as we got older, it was very clear to us that she was in a verbally and physically abusive relationship with my father, which is why she left him at such a young age. And it is fascinating to me how the human body and mind work, attaching that experience from 40 years ago. (laughs) Oh, you don't look a day over 30. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened. The microphone cut out and I was talking about my age. Weird. Oh my gosh. It's been such a lovely time. Is there something, is there anything specific you want to make sure that our listeners know about your album or about a specific song or how you feel about entering into this amazing world of the recovery community? So I think there's, there's two things that I would just end with. So first of all, I just want to tell everybody who's out there that you are loved you are important. There are things in this life that only you can do. And there are things in this life that you were only, that you were sent here to do. And if you can find out who you are, you will find those things that you are sent here to do and that only you can do. So embrace that journey. And I would just say, I feel incredibly honored to share songs that are hopefully our stories as humans and as people with struggles and we all have them. And I'm really hopeful that people will listen to this music. will share this music, you know, as an independent artist, I am so reliant on word of mouth, right? Cause I don't have a big label. I don't have right. a big budget. So if the music is meaningful to you, if it touches your heart, then share it with someone. And I'm working on several different ways that I'm going to make that possible, including putting an offer on my website, which is just my first and last name.com that you can gift the album to anybody and just pay for shipping. That's so cool. Please share it. Please. If there is a recovery group that I can perform for, please let me know. I want to share this music. I want to give this music and, and I am here to do that in any way that I can. And I just appreciate the opportunity to, 
to talk with you and, and learn more about you, Lori, you're a beautiful person inside and out. And oh. I just, I feel honored to, to be able to talk with you and learn from you. That's so kind. Thank you for that. I have to say, I was really impressed and um, a little twinkle in my eye when you referenced some of the other guests, because you might be the first guest I've had that actually has listened to any of the other oh, episodes. Several, <laughs> several episodes. Yeah, like maybe four or five. At this point. Um, and it's so funny because you're every single person you have has such a strong personality and you have a way of bringing out, you you create a safe space for people to be themselves. And that's a gift too. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Yes, I have been gifted. <laughs> safe space it is. I love it. Okay. I always ask this to my guests if I remember and I'm remembering. So if you had the opportunity to have a dinner party with anyone dead or alive, who would you bring and why? I think I, so being a musician, right? Like I love music of all kinds. And, you know, I think I would like to sit down with Johnny Cash and have a conversation with him about his life and music and what he learned along the way. Some of my favorite, I mean, I wish I would have met him, right? Like I moved to Nashville and um, I knew people that knew him, but I, I haven't had the opportunity. I, I just didn't, he passed before I had the opportunity to meet him, but I think it would probably be him because what an incredible, authentic human being and has written some of the most amazing songs and has had a really colorful life. And um, yeah, I think I would love to just sit down with Johnny Cash. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but every time I hear Johnny Cash, I think of the song, These Boots Were Made For Walking. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but in my yeah. mind, he's the one who created that song. Yeah, he's not though. <laughs> Isn't it a woman? <laughs> yeah, that was Nancy Sinatra. Yeah, I'm like, um, it was a what? These boots are made for walking. Yeah, but you know, he- Such so, a horrible rendition. <laughs> well, so, but you know, I think he, if, if you want a really interesting experience, he did towards the end of his life, this is totally off topic, but he did this thing called the American Recordings where he took like the Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt, and he did it wow. like John Nash style. He did he not. Took, he did. And he took some Tom Petty songs and he What's recorded, it called? it's called the American Recordings. And he did it with Rick Rubin, who's a really famous producer. I think Rick worked with Mariah. Oh, pro see, you know what? All roads lead back to Mariah. <laughs> It's like the, it's like the, uh, Kevin Bacon, one degree of separation or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So our listeners, I have to tell you, Chantel doesn't know this, but she's donating an autographed record album to Ooh. one of our listeners. And <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Okay. That was so generous of you. I love it. <laughs> So we're going to, in the show notes, you have to go check out the show notes to find out how you can get the one and only, well, for us at the Recovery Hour, autographed version of the album from Chantel. So look at the show notes. I can't believe that it's already time to end this amazing, yes, maybe, maybe we can talk you into doing one more song and play us out. Oh, 
Do you like that? Um, or did you already close yeah, down the shop? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a minute. Just you a must, minute. You must have your guitar ready at all times. <laughs> shop, shop. Let's go. Let me see. I have to, I have to figure out, I have to figure out what song I'm doing really quick. Come on, Nashville. Come on, Nashville. So I'll do that, uh, that song. I'll just do a chorus of that song that we talked about, the community song. Love it. Chantel Ogden. Hand up, hand up. Together we can be strong. Enough, we can overcome. Find a way to freedom. We just need a hand up. Okay, Lori, are you going to sing with me? So I'm going to say uh, hand up, and then you say hand up, and I say stand up, and you say stand up, okay? Okay. Hand up. Hand up. Stand up. Stand up. Hands up. That's not a very good tune for me. <laughs> come on. Come on. I'm a soprano. <laughs> hand up. Stand up. Everybody jam up. We all need a hand up. Hand up, together we can be strong. Enough, we can overcome, find our way to freedom. We just need a hand up. Hand up. We can give a hand up. Hand up, together we can be strong. Enough, we can overcome, find our way to freedom. We just need a hand up. Hand up. Hand up. Stand up. I'm slaughtering her music. Oh, Chantel, you're amazing. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining us today at the Recovery Hour, ChantelOgden.com. Released album is coming your way, February 19th, the Addiction Recovery Album, One Step Closer. So excited. Songs to Recover by. I don't know where all this random shit's coming from, but I'm so happy that you came. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Oh my gosh. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Hour podcast. Successful podcasts equal subscribers and good ratings. Please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. To learn more about me, your host, Lori Windfell, jump on over to therecoveryhour.com. Here you'll find information on my coaching and speaking practices, as well as information on guests of the show. If you're still listening to this and you haven't subscribed to my mom yet, what are you doing? You're lame. So go do it right now. All right, all right. Calm down. Sorry about that. He's just really excited for this to be successful since I've been spending all of my free time on this project and not with him. While you aren't lame, as my son suggests, I would really appreciate a few minutes of your time to subscribe. While it doesn't seem like much, it really does help my goal in spreading the word of recovery. Until next time, let's continue to inspire, live, and give.